Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I realized that I, I was almost gone. I mean, when I was at the breaking point, I didn't have much further to go. I got support from volunteers then who helped me. And now even... This morning and tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., I will be back at the same organization that saved my life to be there for others who are suffering now. And it's a, it's, I'm also a volunteer for a suicide hotline, and, and that gives me a lot of pleasure to be there just to give back the gift again that I received. There's a few posts on like LinkedIn and Twitter talking about executive loneliness. And then Des reached out to me talking about what you do. I've listened to some of the podcasts that you've, you've done recently. And I thought it'd be a great episode. So yeah, no, it's, it's great to have you on board. Yes, thanks, Peter, indeed. And I mean, founders are suffering. And while the EGN concept, I'm mean, we'll talk more about this later, but the concept actually started for senior executives. But what we realized in the beginning of the pandemic during the lockdown was that founders needed it. So we actually opened up a specific group for founders. And we already have 100 part now in, uh, in of this in Singapore. So you're, you're, I think you hit something here, Peter. It's a, it's a need for founders to get out and talk to each other. Yeah, exactly. And I think it's it's kind of just that ability to open up and be a bit more vulnerable about the the challenges that we face as founders because you know, I'm I'm a founder as well. So I I'm sitting currently in my dining room and yeah, it can be really lonely and if you don't have those kind of, you know, regular contacts, be that mentors, be that people that can provide you advice, support networks, I understand the challenges that they face. So we'll we'll talk about some statistics as we dive into it. But I think, yeah, let's let's kick it off. Probably the best place to start is maybe about you and and your specific background. I like to ask this question at the beginning of nearly every podcast, but with the benefit of hindsight, what's driving you to do what you do today? Well, so briefly about my background, I was born in Sweden, educated in Australia, and then I lived and worked mainly in Southeast Asia the last 15 years. But what I also did was I did one year in UK, London, actually, when I worked there as a PR consultant. Uh, but looking back at my career as an executive, I didn't dare to be vulnerable. And this is me looking back at it now. I wish I was more vulnerable, perhaps with my bosses, perhaps we didn't have a professional network to speak with. I did have a great social network. I went to play golf. I went to drink beer in the pub with the friends. I played squash and I had all the social life in the world. 
So I didn't think I was lonely, but what I didn't have, I didn't have a coach. I didn't have a proper mentor. I didn't belong to a group where I actually was sharing my work-related challenges. And that is me now in hindsight, looking back at, you know, these years, I wish I was more vulnerable. I wish I had this in place. And I didn't. I didn't. And this led me to my knees. I had a crash in from 2015 to 2018, where it started with a divorce and then a move of a country, a resignation from a job. And before I knew it, I, I lost my healthy habits. I stopped exercising. I gained too much weight. And uh, I, my bad habits then took over. I started to drink too much. That was my way to calm down after work. And, and uh, before I knew it, I, I was really really, really on my knees. And it went as far as in 2018, I had a complete breakdown and I started to write my will, my testament. And I was just so anxious and and scared that I thought my life was going to be over. I thought I was going to die. So in this stage, I wasn't suicidal as such, but you can call it a slow suicide in the sense that I was not looking after myself. I was drinking too much. And just when I was in the worst shape, suddenly things turned around and I managed to stop the bad habits. I stopped drinking alcohol at the time. I get exercise again. Luckily, I found a new wife. I got remarried and I got a new job and things were looking better for me. So I came out of this this downward spiral suddenly and things were look, just looking so great that I forgot all about it. And then a year later, a good friend and colleague of mine died of suicide and that was the day when I was complete shocked and I realized when I looked back at my journey and my crash that this could have happened to me as well. So that's when I made a post about it on social media, on LinkedIn, and it went viral. I then shared a post on my Facebook and it went viral as well. They called me from the local radio station to come and talk about it and I did live. And then the next day was a four-page feature in the local newspaper about this that's how rare it was of someone to actually talk about their own mental health crash and then the, the death of a friend of mine. So that was the start of it. There was no turning back, Peter. I was obviously on the first page of the, of the newspapers and live on radio with my story leading it. But this was the start of this whole journey. And what I'm doing now is really dedicating my life as a volunteer outside of my day job to help others and let them also know that it's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to be vulnerable, both for executives and entrepreneurs. Well, first of all, like, I'm sorry to had to go through that. From this, the work that you're doing in respect to EGN is so, so important. I, I want to be open in this because I think it's important for me as a founder and you as a founder to speak to other founders openly to share our own vulnerabilities, to share our story, to be unmuted to what we truly believe, because I think only from them we can actually help others go, you know, and, and advise others of what, what's potentially available to them. Which brings me on to EGN. So I, I understand what sparked the reason behind it, but to people that aren't aware of EGN, maybe kind of give a bit of an overview as to what you do. Well, um, it's basically a network for professionals and it is facilitators. So what we do is we have facilitators for each peer group. We create a confidential peer group of about 30 to 35. So there's groups for senior executives, but there's also groups for founders. And you all write, basically uh, sign an NDA. That's a non-disclosure agreement. So you should feel that this is a safe place where you can share your challenges and you're encouraged to share your challenges. We also make sure there's no competitor in there because you probably don't want to sit around the table to your competitor to disclose your biggest secrets and your biggest challenges. So once we have created this safe space and have the 
basically the facilitators there. It's your chance then to introduce yourself. And the way it works is that all the members of the group will disclose what's the expertise they have and what's the number one challenge that they need help with right now. And then it's the facilitator's job to facilitate that. And it's done in breakout groups and so on. So ideally, you know, this should act like you have your own private advisory board or like an extension as, as a management team. Or if you're a founder, it's almost like, well, if you are a senior executive, you have a, perhaps a marketing manager, a HR manager, a finance manager, a legal team. You always have someone you can ask for help. But if you're founder you don't have all this help and you have to perhaps pay expensive fees to a consultant to do it so what we're trying to do then is to make up these groups with a diversity so there should be people from all kind of industries and so on there and help each other and one important rule is also that it's uh, basically no selling promotion or marketing to each other that is allowed it's 100 knowledge exchange so that again create this safe space that you should feel that this is really where to help each other just to add finally peter to this that in between the meetings so you meet six times a year for four hours so that might sound like it's not so much but in between the sessions there's also a lot of social events gatherings and so on and you have also a, a mobile app where members can communicate immediately so if you're sitting at your desk today and let's say that you need to hire a part-time CFO, you need to uh, hire some kind of project and you're not really sure how to get this help, you can then post a career either private group only or to the entire network. So the whole network also, we have almost 15,000 uh, professionals now around the world who are helping each other in real time to solve solutions. And again, the key and the difference here is that it's not the selling because as I'm sure you know, Peter, with many of these social networks you go online, people are just trying to hunt down each other and use it as a sales platform. So that's where we are different. Yeah, no, I think that's key, right? Because, you know, looking from... My experience in, in respect to a purpose-driven organization, like I don't like creating relationships on the basis of, of, of a monetary stance. I like to create organic relationships and, and grow engagement from that. And I think, you know, it's, it's so, so important that people realize that when you do join groups like this, that it's not nothing to do with sales. It's about giving without the expectation of receiving anything back. And, you know, like only when we share who we truly are, can we kind of help and support others? And and I think um, at this it's so key. This is why I was I was keen to speak to you because, like over the last two years, the pandemic it's it's amplified isolation and loneliness. As you know, it's it's a hard issue to combat. Whilst technology itself, we're the most connected we've ever been, but at the same time, we're the most disconnected. With you know, lots of people quoting about epidemics of isolation to a wider mental health crisis. From a statistic stance, uh, many employees and, and half of CEOs are reporting feeling lonely within within their role. So I think you know, it's it's a topic that's often dismissed and rarely discussed. So I think what we're trying to do here today is is shed a little bit of light on some of the challenges. So looking at that from can you maybe provide some perspective into the regional mental health situation to wider the the known issue of executive loneliness mental health and workplace isolation yeah definitely peter and actually then after i had gone viral with my own crash and my friends and suicide what i did then was i started to actually research the topic and i started also to do a survey i did a First thing I did was a survey here in Singapore where I surveyed business professionals and loneliness. And the findings was that 30% were suffering from loneliness in their jobs. That was quite in line with the global statistics. I found out where about 33% were suffering from loneliness. 
What happened though, Peter, was the pandemic came and I redid the same survey then in 2020 in December. So we're in the middle of a pandemic. The numbers had doubled to 59%. So that is what the pandemic had done. Everyone then working remotely, working from home, not getting together. So we can see that that obviously have huge effect. And then I had a follow-up question to that also. And if you know suffering from loneliness and you're also feeling disconnected from the teams, do you talk about this in your company? And the, the, the result there is shocking. 84% uh, said that they will not talk uh, about this to the company. This was something they're keeping secret. And then asking them why? Well, because they want to look good. They worry that if they tell the company about this, then perhaps the HR or the boss will not put them up for a promotion and so on. And obviously, if you're a founder, you don't want to go perhaps to the owners or the board or whoever is your lifeline to tell them that you're not well, you might be cut off tomorrow. So that is the challenge. And then I just did a bit further research, and this is actually from the Mental Health Foundation in the UK, who did a survey also where it says that if you're not well, 75% of the percent of people still don't seek help for it. So this is all the challenges we're talking about here, Peter, and it's all related to the stigma surrounding the topic that it's not okay to talk about this. It, we are scared to seek help because maybe someone find out that I'm going to see a, a counselor for it. So this is the, what we're facing. This is the reality that is out there, Peter. Yeah, and I think it's it's strange because it conflicts really between what the communities in which we serve our audience actually want. Like we, we work in an environment now where people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. So Aside from the stigma, what do you believe is the overarching hesitancy to reveal what's really taking place? Well, in my book that I then wrote after all these interviews and so and the surveys, I decided to also further interview uh, executives and entrepreneurs and uh, put it all in a book. And basically, I call it smiling depression in my book. I call it a smiling depression that we're all trying to look great, especially on social media, on the LinkedIn profiles and on the Facebook. We're showing the selected moments of beauty and everything else just to look good because that's how we want to be seen. We live also in a gig economy now. The days when you worked 30, 40 years for the same company and got a gold watch is gone. We have to always look at the best. We have to be updated to be ready to take the next assignment. The next companies are going into mergers and acquisitions so fast that we never know if we're going to be employed in three months later if we're working. So we have to always look great uh, on the outside to make sure that we're ready for an assignment because... Still today, we seem to be a bit scared to hire someone who perhaps have had an issue. But that I have changed, Peter. And I can tell you that I had a job interview with one gentleman who had tried to kill himself twice. And actually, one what, that was one of the reasons why I hired him. He mentioned that to me because he had read my profile online. He knew my history, knew my story. So he decided to be vulnerable with me in the job interview. And he was chosen for a job. So that's how we can... How can we can turn things around? You can imagine how open and how beautiful of a working relationship we have together. Yeah, I can imagine. Like, and I challenge the status quo. Create a world that's you know that's full of optimism and hope. And yeah, like some of the issues that we see at the moment, the world's most pressing issues. I, I believe that they can be solved, but it can be done by bringing people together. Like, I've I've got a two year old son. Albie was born during the pandemic, and that also becoming a dad massively impacted me. So I I want to make sure that everything I do now is driven towards impact. It's driven towards providing him 
hope and optimism in in his future. So like the challenges that we face in day to day today and what's taking place throughout the world at the moment and all the turbulence, it's all part of this kind of growth journey and, and the journey that we're on. Like not everything is positive, not everything equally is negative. It's it's a balance between the two. So you know, we can address the issues of isolation or the decline in deep connection or the disconnect from our families and colleagues, um, which is impacting our mental health and well-being. So kind of from your perspective, how do we go about doing that? Well, I say that all of this has to start at the top and if, um, with the leaders of every organization or family, it has to start from the top. If we want our children to be vulnerable with us, we have to also be vulnerable with them. And as a leader in a company, you can't expect your staff to come in and, and, and tell you what's going on in their life if you haven't been vulnerable first. So that's why I felt that in EGN now, where I'm the leader, and I'm, we now have 600 members here in Singapore in the confidential peer groups, I had to be vulnerable first. If I want the members to come in and share what is going on in their work life and, and be really vulnerable and open and honest, then I had to start. So that's when I set the scene and I can just see how it's changed all the groups. How many appreciate this, that we now have more vulnerable groups. And this is actually one of our selling points now. One of our, our uniqueness, uh, Peter, is that this is the place where you can actually speak. Because if you look at the most of the business organizations and the chambers of commerce, if you join an event, either it's full of salespeople who are running after each other with business cards and uh, the next day you'll be cold called, or there's a lot of events where you listen to speaker and they trying to impress you. You say, oh, that's interesting. Or you get quite inspired for a moment, but it's a motivation. And when you go home, you get depressed because you realize, well, I cannot do anything with that in my business. I don't have the money or I don't know how. But again, it needs to be different. And that is what we created now here in EGN, where you bring in your challenges instead and you get support with the, the peers to solve it. Then you leave inspired and you leave with notes that you can implement right away. So that is how I think not only in EGN, but we can think about this in our, all our community, in our in, in our connections, that instead of then impress each other, be vulnerable with each other, because then we connect at a deeper level and we create meaningful relationships where we are of service instead of selling to each other. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, there's not enough people talking about it. And I think it's important that we do so. So when we look at the people within your group, um, maybe talk to me about the real experiences that you're hearing from execs without naming names, but like, from execs from the multinationals and SMEs and the leadership challenges that they've had to face over the last two years. And also, I hope potentially they've suffered from and dealt with isolation as as leaders in work and the main stresses and effects that have driven that suffering. Well, let me share with you about one lady who I interviewed for the book. And during the first interview, she was telling me that she had gone through a bit of a challenging time. This is a lady who is a managing director for an international bank, a high profile, someone who's on the outside is looking like she had everything going for her. But she told me that she'd gone through a very difficult time. She had a cosmetic surgery in the face. She lost her confidence, which made her push away her husband at home and at work, as she called it herself. She said, I became bitchy. I elbowed myself. I was trying to get promotions. I isolated myself. And in the end, she realized that she didn't like herself. That was as much as she disclosed when we had the first coffee meeting when I interviewed her for the book. A few days later, though, she sent me a message and asked, can we meet up again? I want to share a bit more. And I said, yes, I came over and saw her. And immediately when we sat down, she started to cry. And after a while, she said, by the way, I rehearsed my own suicide twice. So that was her wake up call by someone just looking into her life and and talking and thinking about this made her say that to me. After that, she met up with her counselor who invited her husband. They managed to discuss it and solved it. And they they got all together on this note and managed to come out of this. What happened then is is amazing. And she had not disclosed anything to her company or her boss. But during the pandemic, she decided to ask all the staff basically to read my book. And her story is inside the book anonymously. She didn't tell anyone, but when everyone had read the book, they had an all-hands meeting when she shared to everyone, by the way, the woman you read about in the bank, that's me. And everyone was completely shocked with it. Here is this woman who worked her way up through the bank, uh, who never shared anything about her life. And here she's sharing that she was her own suicide twice. And what she said, what happening after this was they gone through the whole pandemic as a team with open door policy, everyone being sharing. And even one of the other top executives, a man came in and shared with her that he also gone through something similar during the pandemic. So again, here it just shows that if we just decide to be vulnerable, beautiful things are happening. We're just so scared to open that first door and just to open up about how we feel. I think, yeah, it's so true. And I think, you know, the, the ability to open up about how we feel like... 
it's just been we have to break the stigma like there's been a stigma around mental health for too long it's even from the way it's treated at the moment is it's it's an illness but nobody acknowledges it really as an illness and yeah we do like uh, mental health awareness days but until you've actually been through real issues of mental health like i was lucky enough to experience counseling as well it might help so i'll i'll highlight it anyways to some of our listeners that so what i do is since i went through counseling i, I use what i call a toolbox so I can't avoid this toolbox every day. I have to do these things. So we've got two dogs that I have to walk. I have to go out and take them for a walk. We've got that I realized quite quickly that my kind of lack of attention to fitness and and, and well-being, I guess, eating well and, and exercising, I wasn't doing. And that was driving negative perpetual um, cycles in, in my head in respect to the way I was living. So I go to the gym and if I can't go to the gym, I go, you know, we've got like a Peloton. So I use that. Like what I'm trying to say is when you are in moments of crisis, one of the best things you can do is exercise, exercise, eat well. And then one of the challenges that you do when you found a business as well, which I've noticed is to allow you to grow at the rate you want to. People cut themselves off from, from life and your business becomes your life for a proportion of time until you start to see the success or how you, a lot of people def, define success. And I think there's, we need to challenge that in respect to we're missing out on life by cutting ourselves out on life. We're missing out on experiences by, you know, following the traditional path. We, we need to be able to like manage our own lives in order to provide value to whoever we want to work with. And, and for that to happen, yeah, like health, fitness, you know, I've got I've got a two year old, so make sure you spend time with your children because those those years are never never able to be brought back. If you, you'll miss them, so don't miss these situations. And you know, and and like when when you hear that little voice in your head to say no or it, that kind of fear, that's to me is something you should always challenge and step against because um, like some of the best things that I've seen take place recently is when I've like ignored that old voice in my head saying oh, i'm too scared to do that that's essentially your, your brain saying no don't be vulnerable because like people will judge you well screw that who cares if they judge you like you're trying to be authentic and to be authentic you have to open up and you have to kind of live your own life in order to provide insight insight and wisdom to others and there's so you know you you talk about the value and um, of being vulnerable and like yeah i totally believe in that because some of the best relationships I've I've gained recently uh, through authentic conversations about how, how did it get you to, how did you get to this position to what you're doing today what's driving you and you know what what's the why what's the purpose of what you're doing I would say to a lot of people listening you know define your own toolbox like what works for you because you know going to the gym doesn't work for everybody but going for a run may what works for you and then make sure that you kind of create that um, routine in your life to have these kind of structures so when you do face like challenges within the day-to-day and you're finding it hard you're able to break that cycle by taking a step away from your desk and doing something different and then going back reinvigorated in respect to what you're going to try and achieve because that's it right we have to come to the basis of how do we overcome the challenge um what is healthy coping mechanisms? Like I've mentioned a few, but I'd be keen to understand from you as well, because, you know, I noticed on your profile, you're also uh, an Ironman, which is crazy. Yes, Peter. And actually, what we, what you talked through there is exactly aligned with me. And that's what I've wrote in my book. I, I actually write five steps, then overcome depression and anxiety and loneliness. And 
very briefly, let me just talk you through those five steps and, and it will link to the Ironman as well. And the first step I mentioned in the book is taking stock. Just like a store is doing an inventory of your stock, you need to do an inventory of yourself. You need to write down and be honest with yourself. Put it down in a spreadsheet. What are the issues? Uh, in my case, I was overweight. I didn't exercise enough. I uh, was drinking too much alcohol. I had many relationships with relatives and friends which were broken that needed to be repaired. So I put everything down in a spreadsheet as a first step to take stock. Then the second uh, step is to ask for help. There's so many beautiful organizations which are volunteer basis. The most doesn't cost money. The alcohol addiction I had an issue with, I found an anonymous group who helped me with exercise. I started by walking. That was good enough for them. And then I reached out. I needed some professional help from doctors and some therapist as well, but I, I sorted it. And that's the second step. And then moving on to the third step, it was about getting healthy, really focusing on those goals. Like you say, it was like my toolbox. I had to go to the anonymous support meeting, mental health meetings once a day. Then I got the exercise. I got to speak with others and I was on my path to getting healthier, getting better. The fourth then, once I had healed internally and I was more uh, thinking clearly, I, it was about repairing relationships because when someone is not really well, we're actually damaging a lot of relationships. I had to go back and repair those relationships, making amends and, and, and saying sorry and making things right. And once I'd done that, I left the baggage behind and I was feeling much better about myself. And then the fifth one and the last step in my book is finding your purpose. And there is really, for me, it's about being an athlete now doing the Ironman events and looking after myself but also to give back the gift I got, I realized that I, I was almost gone. I mean, when I was at the breaking point, I didn't have much further to go. I got support from volunteers then who helped me. And now even this morning and tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., I will be back at the same organization that saved my life to be there for others who are suffering now. And it's a, it's, I'm also a volunteer for a suicide hotline. And, and that gives me a lot of pleasure to be there just to give back the gift again that I received. It's interesting. We have a lot of parallels in respect to you talk about giving back. I talk about pay it forward, like because we we were there, right? We we've been through, it, we've experienced it, and there's so many people suffering at the moment that I would like to say, like, it's an open invite. If if anybody's listening to this and they're struggling, like, just get in contact. I'm, I would love to chat about um, what you're experiencing and kind of give some insight and give some input because there are amazing organisations out there. There are amazing people that that want to help so it's you know in respect to to that there's there's loads of opportunities available and yeah like don't feel like you need to suffer alone that's the main thing like i've talked about in previous podcasts like a lot of people do suffer alone and one of the sad things about the perpetual cycles that mental health like feeds off starts with loneliness and you go into isolation you push you push people away because you feel that you know you feel a uncomfortable in in social situations B, you feel like your confidence is blown. So you you don't know what to say and you feel that if you say something, it might be stupid. And and this is why you have, while you're having a conversation with somebody inside, you, this, you've got this absolute chaos taking place that going, oh, they, they don't like you and they don't want it. They, that was a stupid thing to say and this, that. And it's it's awful. It's just, you know, so you need to be able to break those cycles. So I think chatting to people openly about what they've experienced and you naturally gravitate towards people that um, are willing to um, talk about these difficult situations because only when we do can we break the cycle like statistics are key around this thing so 
you know, founders are, are twice as likely to suffer from depression, suicidal thoughts, and require hospitalization. They're three um, times more likely to suffer from substance abuse, or six times more likely to suffer from ADHD. There's, uh, you know, there's also that thing about um, loneliness actually shortens your lifespan in a similar way to smoking 15 cigarettes a day. So there's there's a lot of statistics that need to be brought into play to make people kind of open their eyes to the the true extent of this problem and only by talking about it only by highlighting what 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 the issue is and what we can do about it can we see change so yeah it's been amazing speaking to you and i really appreciate you sharing your journey and the amazing work you do i'd just like to finish by asking you what would you like to say to our audiences like some key takeaways or thoughts for the future well, it's been great, Peter, speaking with you. And thanks for the invitation. Indeed, it resonates a lot with me. Uh, your journey is also inspiring and it's great that you play it forward. Uh, that's the only way. And that's a, that's like a daily thing for us to feel better that we give back. And indeed, I'm also here if someone want to reach out and want to speak. One takeaway for me is that, and something that I do on a daily basis now. So as I mentioned, the first chapter of my book was to do taking stock, basically looking at the inventory of my past and clean it up. What I do now is a daily inventory at the end of each evening. I just think back over the day, the day before I go to bed. Did I send an email to someone that wasn't perhaps a, a very nice tone? Did I snap at someone? Did I send a message to someone that didn't make me feel good? So if I have some feeling before going to bed, something that is not feeling right, I'm trying to make that right before I go to bed. And that has to happen every day. I can then go back and resend that email. I give them a call, quick call or send a message, say, sorry, that came out wrong. And because then you will go to bed, you will feel lighter, better, and you will have a good night's sleep. And to make those amends on a daily basis, never carry the baggage. That's my my final uh, recommendation, Peter. Well, that's amazing. Thank you so much for your time and it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Made podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to Purpose Made wherever you normally get your podcasts to hear the latest news and views. You can also find and follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn and Twitter or contact Peter directly to connect, inquire about Purpose Made or request to be featured on the podcast. We look forward to welcoming you back soon for another episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 